have kids, they said. It will be fun, they said. Who the heck are they anyway? As moms, we sacrifice a lot for our families, our time, our health, our wallets, our identity, friendships, personal care, and of course, our beloved sleep. Motherhood is a crazy ride, one that is not meant to be braved alone. It takes a village, right? Well, your village is here. I'm your host, Sabrina Greer, and every week I'll be diving into the gray areas of motherhood with some very special guests. This is not the highlight reel, but the real deal. So reheat that cup of coffee, turn up the volume, and get ready for the reminder that you've got this, mama. Hello, and thank you for tuning in. You're listening to You've Got This Mama, the podcast. And tonight we have a very special guest with us, and I'm excited to introduce you to Tanya Shaw. Hey, girl. Hey, thanks for having me. Thanks for coming on. And I'm really excited to chat with you because I think your business is very cool and very interesting. So let me introduce you formally and then we'll dive in. Tanya Shaw is a sought after lifestyle coach, successful entrepreneur, keynote speaker, and one of 500 certified high performance coaches in the world. As the founder of Ascend Fitness and Lifestyle, a holistic health coaching studio in Chilliwack, BC, and the Whole You Transformation Project, Tanya has built a credible reputation for helping thousands of men and women feel good in their bodies through her powerful, holistic-focused health, fitness, nutrition, and personal development programs. Through motivational speaking, coaching, and training, Tanya inspires audiences and clients around the world to challenge current beliefs and bust through limitations to get to the next level of their life, not just in the health space, but in relationships, career, and overall quality of life. Tanya offers the perfect balance between practical strategies and shifts in perspective and mindset to help others feel good and to have the freedom to fully experience life. Wowza. (laughs) That's amazing. (laughs) I love it because, you know, I love the whole like practical strategies and shifts in perspective and mindset because I think that is key, right? So important. It absolutely is. And you definitely need the balance. I tend, just because I love it so much, sometimes get too involved in the mindset piece. I'm like, if we just thought differently, everything would be so much easier. But there is also a very much a need to really just understand how to implement during the day and how to make that change. So I think there needs to be a balance of both, but both are so, so important. Absolutely. And it's funny because I do a lot of mindset work. Um, You know, I'm not a health coach. I'm a mindset coach. (laughs) So that's definitely my jam. But it's nice to see health coaches turning to this practice as well, because it really is the biggest piece of the pie, right? Of course, when you're dealing with health, there's nutrition and there's fitness and there's all of the things. But I think mindset is just such a huge piece. So I'd love to dive into that a little bit because, you know, we talk a lot about you know, guilt and, you know, changes and making like sustainable changes and really shifting our habits, right? So (laughs) how do you do that? How do you do all that? Well, that's a really good and really big question to start (laughs) us off. So let's just dive right in. You know, we talk about the things that get get in our way for making sustainable change. And Diet plans, meal plans, workout plans, all that kind of stuff, they, so, they often focus very much on the what. So they focus on like what to eat, when to eat, uh, what workouts to do, but they don't tell you what to do when you really want 
that third glass of wine on a Wednesday night or maybe that first glass of wine or when you've eaten something that you know wasn't on your quote-unquote plan and then you want to just eat all the things because you're going to start fresh tomorrow. So they don't tell you, they tell you what, but they don't tell you, they don't help you actually implement them the habits for long-term change. And in my journey through the nutrition coaching and health coaching, I've gone through many different revisions of how I coach and how I practice. Cause I used to be very, very weight loss focused and very like meal plan focused. And I thought that, you know, if we just, we have all this information, why don't we just do it? And as I started working with my clients, you know, throughout the years, I realized we have all this information and we know what foods are good for us and what foods are not good for us, then why are, as a nation, why are we so unhealthy? And it's not about the knowledge, but it's actually about implementing it with sustain, in a sustainable pattern. And I think the number one thing, we talked, you talked about, you mentioned guilt there, Sabrina, is that we put so much judgment on ourselves and we are very often so hard on ourselves and we shame ourselves, we guilt ourselves, we beat ourselves up. And then we wonder why we stop moving forward, why we stop taking care of ourselves. It's like there's so often, so and it's so sometimes seemingly innocent the way that we talk to ourselves or what happens when we, you know, slip up or we go off plan. And it impacts your ability to keep going. There's two things that we really need in order to like somebody, and that's trust, and we need to be nice to that person. So if you imagine if you are, if let's say you have a friend who's always mean to you, and that same friend always says she's gonna meet you at noon for coffee, and she never shows up, you're gonna stop hanging out with that person. And yet to ourselves, we do those two things. We're often quite mean to ourselves. We have really high expectations. We expect ourselves to be perfect. We are, we look at all the things that we're doing wrong. And then we also often don't trust ourselves because we say we're going to do one thing and then we end up doing something else often because we're not being realistic and so forth. But those are two really big things. Mm -hmm. I love that because in my coaching practice, I, we talk a lot about like in module one, like week one, we name our mean girl <laughs> because she's up there and she's not going away. So if you, you know, speak to her as if she's a different person, you know, we're not talking like going crazy or multiple personalities here. We're just, it's removing that sort of guilt feeling because, you know, if we see that it's our ego, you know, the mean girl upstairs, whatever you want to refer to her as, but it's, you know, the technical term is the ego, right? And that's the, the person who wants to keep us small and keep us safe. And so we always name her in our coaching practice. And I think it's really interesting that you say that because it's so true. The things that we say to ourselves are always the meanest, right? And I, I love that aspect of trust involved too, because it's, it's so very true. It is. And, you know, they, we say, you know, there's all these cute little Facebook memes and Instagram posts about don't believe everything, everything you think. And it's nice to say it, you know, when you see it on Facebook, you're like, yeah, like, don't believe everything you think. But the problem is when you actually think it, you feel it if you allow yourself to. And it's like, 
if you were, you know, let's say you're having a nightmare and the thoughts are coming and the story's coming in your brain and you feel like you, you panic, your heart rate goes up, you feel, it, it feels so real, but to somebody else, they're like, well, obviously that's, you know, it's just, it's just a nightmare. And I love what you said there about just labeling it as something else and recognizing, I mean, the first step is awareness and recognizing that we have thoughts that go on all the time. And depending on how much attention you put into your thoughts and how much work you've done on this, you know, 70% of your thoughts might be just thought errors and just brain errors and just things that you don't actually need to hang on to. And then not only that, but it's not just our own thoughts, but it could also be stories that we've been told or things that we've been told, you know, in our childhood or, you know, somewhere down the road or in our past, we were told something and then we just hang on to those stories as truth. So of all the things that I see as being the barrier to sustainable change, it's us not being on our own side. Mm. It is us fighting against ourselves instead of working with ourselves. And when you keep fighting against yourself, you're going to lose. So it's takes some practice and takes some work, just like you're saying, uh, even just that simple one thing of just labeling this other ego and recognizing that it's not you, it's something else that's coming up is such a powerful step just yeah. to free yourself up for another option and to think about things in different ways. Well, and I love that you said, you know, things from the past creeping in because a lot of the time subconsciously, we really don't even notice it. And you know, everyone's story is different and the stories we tell ourselves are different, but, you know, we all have a history, we all have a past and, you know, maybe somebody, I was bullied, for example, in my past for being too skinny, you know, too flat chested. I had all of these things around being underweight and I would eat like creatine bars and try to gain weight. And, you know, I, I don't know if you know, but I worked as a model for many years and, you know, there's, let's not even go there, but there's a ton of, you know, body image <laughs> issues around that industry. So for me, it was always being too skinny. And then I found when I had children and, you know, there's a little bit of extra weight and my body changed and things were different. I found myself reverting back to that, like, oh, but I'm, I'm too skinny. And then not actually feeling that way. So there's a lot of like, things, layers, you know, we're onions that need to be peeled once in a while. And there's tons of layers that bring us back to our history and our past. So sometimes recognizing what our limiting beliefs are and what our stories are that we are telling ourselves based on our history is, is a big step too. It's super powerful. And I think that's one of the powerful things of working with the coach, because, you know, like how you work with your clients, so often when you're in it, you don't always recognize it. Mm -hmm. I work with my coach every week and I sometimes I laugh to myself because she's telling me the same stuff that I tell my clients and I, and I can pick up with my clients. So I'm getting better at picking up my own thoughts because I work on it. But at the same time, it, it just comes up and then you don't recognize that it is a story or it is just a thought or something that you don't actually have to hang on to. And I like that just I'm talking on the topic of body image as well. I mean, that's a huge thing that can get in our way from making sustainable change because we 
think that our bodies should look a certain way in order to be accepted or to accept ourselves. And we go through lots of different means to change our bodies. And ultimately, the way I coach with my clients is that, you know, whatever your body is going to do, whatever body shape you have, there are many, many different body shapes and they're all, they, they can all be healthy. But when you focus on really taking care of yourself and you actually put, for a lot of people, it's weight loss. You put weight loss on the back burner and you focus on like truly nourishing your body and making yourself feel good and handling your emotions and you know being in tune and trusting your body and eating when you're hungry and stopping when you're satisfied and eat, satisfied and eating a wide range of foods then whatever happens to your body is the natural consequence of just you taking care of yourself and we are bombarded as you would have been in the modeling industry mm-hmm. and we all are with social media with magazines with um, I mean, those are the big ones, but it's everywhere that we're supposed to look a certain way. And, you know, we keep wanting to change ourselves. We keep wanting to, you know, fit in because then we're going to be loved, we're going to be safe. And ultimately our bodies don't even feel, it's like in order to make a change, your body, you have to come from a place of a bit of safety as well, because we're always, we want that. And so often we don't even feel safe in our own bodies because we're always putting ourselves down or judging ourselves or we're not good enough for ourselves or for society or for other people. Yeah. Yeah. And sometimes it is actually other people putting us down too, right? So not allowing those external perspectives to affect it too. Yeah, Yeah. And it's just like, like I said, it's really just too bad sometimes. Like it's our culture, right? So, so having, I mean, we talk about the awareness of thoughts and I think just being aware that like this is our culture that we're in. And right now you might, you, know, you might be judged. You might be, people might say things to you. And I mean, speaking of body shaming and body image, like women, especially, and I mean, I should say men too, but women, like it's almost socially acceptable to shame ourselves mm-hmm. and to speak negatively about, about ourselves and it's okay to like, you know, break your body. And it's almost like, it's almost like a bonding. Uh, I think that some, some women do just to bond together as well. They're always like putting themselves down. And I think just being aware of all of that can be so powerful as that first step to change. Because like I said, all bodies are different. And, yeah. and that's a beautiful thing. Just like, you know, people have different shoe sizes and different hair colors and curls and whatnot. And we have a lot of diversity. Yeah, absolutely. And you know what, to give some credit to society, the way things are going, I've really noticed a change probably because I I lived in the modeling industry. So to go from that intensity and then see what's happening now around body love, you know, there's some really great, um, supporters and advocates for, you know, positive body image. You know, my friend Courtney St. Croix is one. She's got the Momfidence podcast. Uh, There's Birds Papaya, Sarah Cole. You know, there's all of these people who are really, you know, coming out of their shell and posting real bodies and, you know, making them beautiful and showing their true beauty in, you know, all of these things, stretch marks and, different body shapes. And I I just love 
the way things are going, but you're absolutely right. There's still so much of the alternative and it's not good, (laughs) but I do like seeing the positive push. There is, I mean, there is a huge push right now for body positivity and body acceptance and body neutrality. And I sometimes wonder though, like for myself, because like my entire Instagram feed is full of it because that's who I choose to follow. And mm-hmm. I know that so that sometimes I wonder, like, is it actually like really as big as I think it is? Or am I just always following it? Because fortunately we do have some control over our environment. And those are simple things you can do just to create that you know, positive atmosphere for yourself is to cleanse your social media feed and make sure that you're, you are following people and influencers who are showing, you know, real bodies and more taking care of yourself for, to be healthy and to be, to have energy. And, you know, more than anything, more than anything, I want everybody in the world just to feel really good in their bodies so they can go and like truly live their lives and are always being held back by, you know, the body image or shaving themselves or whatnot. It's just life is so much better and it matters less what you look like and more about your own perspective for yourself. Absolutely. And it's interesting. So this is obviously a a motherhood and like mom centric podcast. And I work with moms specifically in my coaching business too. And I find that this is a huge problem, you know, because when you become a mom, it's inevitable, right? Like your body changes you are not going to go back to whatever it was, like your pre-baby body, your pre-baby shape, your pre-baby genes, whatever the thing is, right? It's, it's not a, about that. So I think a difficult thing I see in my clients is like embracing the changes, right, that happen. So it's about, it's not just about loving themselves for who they are and, you know, having these healthy habits and things, it's like, oh man, now I'm very different than I was before and I have to change it. So what do you, do you work with a lot of moms? A lot of moms. Yes. Um, The majority of the, and I work mostly with women Mm -hmm. and I mean, they're moms and sometimes their moms are 20 or 30 years old, (laughs) but their, their bodies are changing and it is very real. You know, I think a while ago I posted on Instagram just like to all the people who wanted to get their bodies back after after having babies. And I think what's really important is that we never we never look backwards. We always look forwards. Or we always, we look present and forwards. You know, we we're told not to compare ourselves to other people. And it's pretty common knowledge. Like even though we might still do it, whether we know it or not, not to compare ourselves to you know, the people you see on social media or anyone else really. Yet we can also easily compare ourselves to ourselves, like where we once were yeah. or where we think we should be. And th- that could be equally not helpful to move yourself forward. And I think when it comes to body acceptance and like I said, Sabrina, like when you love something, you take care of it. Yeah. And body love and body acceptance isn't necessarily about looking at yourself in the mirror and saying, oh my gosh, I love my thighs. And, <laughs> you know, it's, that's not real. That's not, I mean, if it is, that's super awesome. But body love, I mean, and for some people that's even too much of a, too much of a stretch, 
was starting with body respect and body acceptance. And I think a big part of that is recognizing what your body, especially for moms, like, oh my gosh, what your body has done. Like that is absolutely magical. Like imagine if you got a human body for like, this is going to sound kind of weird, but imagine you got a a human body for Christmas and you're like, my gosh, look what this thing does. It like grows babies and it, you know, it heals itself and it can talk and it can walk. (laughs) And it's just like, our bodies are incredible. And when we start to really just appreciate ourselves and respect ourselves for what we can do and what our bodies can do. And also, I think a big thing is to recognize that your body, no matter what, is trying the very best to keep you safe and to keep you alive, then we can start to really start to appreciate our body. And when we come from a place of appreciation, we start to feel more safe in our bodies and we actually start to get excited about taking care of ourselves. Like if you wake up in the morning and you're like, I got to go to the gym because I got to lose weight or I got to go to the gym because I ate whatever last night. That's not motivating. Like that makes you kind of want to like hide under a rock. But (laughs) if you want to go and move your body because it feels good because you want to, you know, celebrate, celebrate it. You want to have more energy. You want to have more like, I mean, as a mom, I need to remove my body with intention every single day because it just makes me such a better mother and a better business owner. And I'm more present. I'm more engaged. I'm more enthusiastic. I'm more, I'm more energetic uh, versus always just like wanting to move your body because you need to exercise for 30 minutes so that you can burn 3,300 calories that my fitness pal says that you can eat that or not eat that. Like it's, it's a different motivation. And, you know, at the very beginning, we talked about motivation and sticking with it. I think that's a really big part about actually doing it because you want, because you want to feel good. Yeah. And I love something you just said there. You said moving your body with intention. I think what I've seen anyway, is that so many of us get stumped on what that means, right? It's like, oh, I have to go and do one hour of cardio three times a week and do, you know, 500 squats and do this and that. And and you get stuck on that, right? Because the expectations are so high, it's setting you up for failure. But really, you know, going for a walk or, you know, doing something that you love. Maybe it's dancing or, you know, what is fun for you as long as you're moving your body with intention. Like you said, right? And that's a really good point is doing what feels good for you. And I mean, I'm a big advocate of doing some sort of resistance training just for, especially because a lot of the men and women I work with are 40 plus and we just, we need to keep that going. So I'm like, okay, half an hour, twice a week minimum, and then do that. <laughs> there is some caveats and not everyone's going to do that. And that's totally fine. But doing what feels good for you and letting go. Cause you know, at the beginning we were talking about how we have these, uh, these ideas and these thoughts and these, these stories that we have. I mean, that's just another story that we're told that we need to, you know, do something for an hour when you have to do something for half an hour. And quite often that even gets us gets in our way from being consistent because we're like, well, if I'm not going to do it for an hour, if I'm not going to do it for half an hour, what's the point? 
and we forget about that we're moving our bodies because we want energy and because yeah. it feels good. And there can be so much flow in that. And I think another great thing about that is that it keeps it fresh. Like personally, I love outdoor activities and now we're getting into winter. (laughs) So Mm -hmm. it's more like trail running, a bit of mountain biking right now. In the summertime, there's lots of paddle boarding. In the winter, we'll go start snowboarding. And it just keeps things fresh when you can just do it for the sake of moving your body and having fun versus being married to a certain like outcome that you created for yourself. Absolutely. Yeah. No, I totally agree with that. And I'm the same. I like a lot of outdoor things as well, but you know, we don't all live in places where that's possible. Um, but yeah, I think just moving your body somehow every day is, is a good place to start, right? You figure out where you're at and you explore and discover what you love and then go from there. Right. There's two things that you said there, Sabrina, that I think that I would love for your listeners to really take in. And that was to start with where you're at and to explore. I think those are two amazing mindset shifts to make when you're trying to make a change or or change a habit, because we typically want to do everything all at once and we choose intensity over consistency. And that is very typical because we're motivated, you know, maybe it's New Year's or whatever, like you want to make the change. You have maybe something really, uh, something that's really uncomfortable that you want to get away from. So maybe you've all of a sudden saw a picture of yourself that you're not happy with, or you've um, just have not taken care of your health for a while and you want to change now. So you decide you're going to do all the things. And that generally backfires because we haven't done the work to build the habits and to build consistency. And so starting with what you're at and doing something that's going to move you forward is such a good perspective. And then the other thing you said there was about just exploring and starting to become curious. And I think that's such an important perspective to take when making change, because we often, let's say you decide one day, you're going to set a goal to go to the gym three days a week, or you're going to start walking 30 minutes a day or whatever your goal is or whatever you're, or moving with intention every day and you don't do it. We sometimes take that as that failure as final versus becoming curious and just exploring saying, what does feel good? Why didn't I, like, what didn't work? What is working? And allowing yourself to discover what works for you. When we have a curiosity mindset it's very much easier to look at things more objectively than if we have that sort of judgment mindset. And if we don't do things and we failed or that sort of mindset, that's not going to be helpful, helpful for us. But that curiosity mindset is so powerful. Mm -hmm. No, I totally agree. And, you know, I love being curious. I think it's so much more fun (laughs) because I'm, I'm a big fan of, I talk about it a lot on this show too, about being present in the moment. And I think if you're thinking about, you know, yesterday, the past, like, oh, I forgot to do this and I didn't work out and I'm, I'm horrible. And, you know, I might as well just like roll over and never work out again, then that's being in the past. And if you're thinking about the future, like, oh, what do I have to do? I have to do this and do that. Then you're not present. You're not in the present moment. 
But if you're exploring and doing like what feels good in the moment and, you know, doing something new, I just think that's so much more powerful and exciting. <laughs> it is. And I love that you said that. I feel like we're so much aligned actually, which is really <laughs> nice to have this conversation, but you're absolutely right. And, and when it comes to making change, we do spend a lot of time in the past. Like we all often will be, you know, berating ourselves or beating ourselves up about past behaviors or things that we didn't do or be like, oh, why don't I have this by now? Or why did I slip up? Or all this kind of stuff. Or we sometimes we worry about the future. Like, can I sustain this? Mm-hmm. Can I, like, what will happen? Or, you know, I'm, I'm really good for, you know, th- three weeks and then I fall off and we live in the future. But all we can ever change or have any kind of control over is the present. Yeah. And one thing that can get in the way of a lot of people for making a change is when they feel like they have so far to go. And this could be whether it is growing a business or uh, taking care of your health or whatever your goal is and becoming laser focused and just putting your blinders on and focusing on like that. Like you can plan, you can create your vision, you can do all that kind of stuff, but focus on today, focus on what you're going to do today. What are your three things that you're going to do or be today that's in alignment with who you want to be or where you're going and focus on that because that's all we can ultimately control. And I think by taking those small little baby steps and celebrating the wins along the way, we're actually able to become so much more consistent and it takes out any of that pressure or that anxiety that we might have for, you know, like I said, if we're going to be able to sustain this for a long time or, uh, the negative thoughts that we might have as to you know, what we did yesterday or what we did this morning or, I mean, even smaller than just the day, you know, sometimes we may not, maybe we slip up in the afternoon or we all of a sudden coped with stress by eating three brownies plus <laughs> more. And then we decide that instead of, just, you know, resetting and making the next best choice in the moment, we're going to wait till tomorrow or we're going to wait till Monday to start again. So it's really, really powerful to stay connected. And then talking about back to that more moving with intention, when you stay in the moment, you can actually start to listen to your body more and actually discover what's going to feel, like you said, what's going to feel good in that moment versus following somebody else's plan or what you think you should do. It's powerful stuff. It really is. And I think it's, it's so interesting because you know, and I'm guilty of it too. Like I do, I wish there was a magical pill or like a button that I could just push and things would, you know, (laughs) just be the way I want them to be, but it's not the case. So it really is, you know, we'll circle right back to the beginning of, of the show here. And it, it really does boil down to mindset, right? We are responsible for ourselves and that includes, you know, all the things that we use to nurture ourselves. So the food that we use to nurture our bodies, the exercise we use to nurture our bodies, and the thoughts we use to nurture our minds. You know, we need to be putting positive things into our mind. We need to be listening to positive things. We need to be watching positive things. And we need to be talking positively to ourselves because that is a choice that we have, we all have. Absolutely. And we can do so much for ourselves. And I think the other uh, important thing is when it comes to to being positive and reframing and shifting and looking at perspectives is really important. But also, 
I'm sure you work with this with your clients too, that when you don't feel positive or when you feel like, you know, you're experiencing emotions that we might consider or label as negative, the things that are more uncomfortable, that's okay too. Yeah. And there's a, such a huge range. And again, going back to being present and everything like that too, it's just so powerful to be able to go through all those things. And I mean, it's a little bit of a tangent from, um, you know, what we're talking about, but just being able to give yourself grace. Yeah. Yeah. Recognize it, give yourself grace, give yourself space, and then, you know, move forward instead of looking back. Absolutely. And because it's interesting, especially, sorry to interrupt you, but especially with moms, what I find is that we are so used to mom guilt and feeling that way that that's exactly what we do. The second we mess up, the second we feel a feeling that's negative, the second we're in this space of negativity, it brings us all the way down and it's tough to get out of, right? Where it's like that intense guilt feeling and, you know, oh, well, I'm, I messed up. So I'm a horrible mom. I'm a horrible person. I don't deserve this. I, you know, I see it all the time in my clients. So it really is just like, give yourself grace, feel it and know that like, it's okay. <laughs> it's okay. And you're, it's perfectly normal. Like, yeah. like you said there, Sabrina was really powerful that we start to feel like guilty almost because when we don't feel like we think we should all the time and we just layer on the drama, layer on the emotion when we're actually supposed to feel a whole range of emotions and being a mom, like, you know, definitely give yourself some space and some grace and some compassion. Like you got a hard job there and you're doing the best you can and just be kind to yourself because you deserve that. Yeah, absolutely. So for our listeners, knowing that, you know, they're all moms, what would be, you know, a few tangible takeaway tips that you would give them? Because knowing that, you know, they're busy, they're overwhelmed, they're probably feeling a little bit guilty either about quality of time they're spending with their family. They don't want to take time away for themselves, for self-care, for exercise, Um, You know, maybe they're eating like toast crust and leftovers from their kids' plates because, you know, they're busy and they don't have time. What would be a few tips for for the, you know, everyday mama that just wants to feel better and have more energy and nourish themselves? Really good question. And speaking of, I mean, like we circling back to the very beginning, there is a combination of the mindset and the strategies as well. Because the way I think about self-care and taking care of yourself, like there's so much, there is a lot of guilt that a lot of moms feel about that. Know that guilt is we only feel guilty because we are thinking certain thoughts or we have heard certain stories from other people. And thoughts are just sentences. They're just words. They're not necessarily truths. So I think that's the first thing is that to understand like what you're feeling of this guilt of taking care of yourself is only because your brain just decided it was going to create this thought for you. It's not necessarily true. And that simple awareness can be really powerful. When I think about self-care, I sometimes take it to a little bit more of an, extre- an extreme. And I think about if there is somebody out there who is taking antidepressants or some sort of a oh, medication for just their overall health. And we would never, ever make that person feel guilty 
for taking the, medi the medication necessary for them to function in life. And I actually think about self-care kind of the same because when we don't take care of ourselves, something gives. So it's our sanity, it's our ability to engage. Sometimes things get a lot worse. And I say this just really to drive home that taking care of yourself is a necessity. It's not a luxury. We keep thinking like, oh, wouldn't it be nice? Or, but you deserve to feel good. And so does your kids. So does your spouse. So does everyone else. Like they deserve to have the best version of you. With that being said, self-care does not mean you need to take an hour a day and go to the spa or do your like a huge amount of workouts. It doesn't have to take a long time. It's sometimes just as simple as how, like we talked about how you speak to yourself and becoming, start to become awareness, aware of your thoughts. Sometimes self-care might be just giving yourself an extra two minutes when you put your moisturizer on to really moisturize your skin versus like slapping it on and, you know, going, going on with the rest of your day. Self-care could be taking the extra minute or two minutes to actually prepare yourself a meal versus eating your kids' leftovers because you deserve it. And the reality is it is a mindset shift and it takes a little bit of practice perhaps, but to make yourself something that you deserve and that is going to fuel your body doesn't actually take too long. So don't think about you have to do everything. Think about what's one thing that you can do you know, today because we're going to focus on one day at a time to take care of yourself, to be a little bit kinder to yourself. And I've worked with like most of the clients I work with are women and most of them have kids and a lot of them have are balancing kids with careers and everything. And time is absolutely a factor, mm -hmm. but the biggest thing is where you prioritize. Yeah. And I say this with love because taking that first step can be really important. It can be really, sorry, really hard. And taking that mindset, like you might be like, okay, where actually do I, do I fit this in? But I guarantee you when you prioritize yourself, you will find a couple little minutes here and there that you can take care of yourself. And then, we're, like I said, we're going to start really slow. After that, you can maybe you'll see maybe there's one more thing and you start to build a habit of carving out time for yourself. And then once you start creating those boundaries for yourself, then it becomes easier and easier because you'll be a little bit stronger. You'll be a little bit more relentless about not just letting things pile into your day because now you've had this little unbreakable boundary of taking care of yourself. But give yourself, like this could take months. It could take years. <laughs> it could take, so don't, don't, doesn't have to be a rush. Don't do it all at once, but just do something that's going to move yourself forward to taking great care of yourself. You deserve it. Absolutely. You cannot fill from an empty cup, right? No, <laughs> you can't. And, and I get like, you know, it's all of this, all of this is so much easier said than done. Mm -hmm. And the reality of the day to day is sometimes a lot more challenging than just to say like, yeah, it's just, you know, said, but what am I going to do with all these kids? Like, yeah, I get it, but get creative, get curious and see what you can come up with. I love it. It's in, in my mastermind right now, the module, the week that we're on, it's all about self-care and it really is, you know, I've, I make them <laughs> make it non-negotiable 
um, and they have to be accountable. I, we posted in our private Facebook group, everyone posts their self-care, what they're doing for it, because it makes them conscious of what they're doing and to really have to think about it. Um, and then they realize, okay, it is very simple. As you said, it doesn't have to be a spa day or you know, a luxurious bath. It can literally be those extra moments that you just take. But what self-care is, is it's about you. It's not about your kids. It's not about your family. It's not about your job or your boss or your whatever it is. It's about you. It's taking those moments for you and nobody else. It's those private moments that are just for you. So I, I love all of that. You're totally right. We're so aligned with everything right now. <laughs> because it's like good, good chat. Um, so if our listeners want to track you down or find out what's going on with you, how can they best reach you? Thank you. Um, the best way is probably to check out if you're, a, I mean, if you're listening to this podcast, you're a podcast listener. I also have a podcast called The Fit and Vibrant You. It is on a release, a release new episode on Mondays. And that is probably the best way to kind of just hear more. Uh, from there, you can always email me or check out my website, which is tanyashaw.com. Amazing. Well, thank you so much for joining us and sharing your wisdom and, you know, just getting really raw and real with us today. Um, I will post all of your links to all of your programs and your podcast and your websites and everything you have going on in the show notes. So if you want to go check out Tanya, make sure you go and check out the show notes and you know the drill please leave us a review and a rating it really helps us with visibility and i know you want to hear more of this show so head on over and thank you tanya for being here thank you so much thank you hey mama i see you you're overwhelmed you're feeling the weight of the invisible mother load you're tired I'm Sabrina Greer, and I'm a clarity coach and motivational speaker for moms. I can't even begin to tell you how many of my clients say, well, I'm just a mom, insinuating that somehow they have to stop at that. They aren't good enough, strong enough, brave enough, worthy enough for more. Maybe time is your crutch. Money, resources, help. I'm here to tell you that you don't have to pick sides. You can be an amazing mom and live the life of your dreams too. Whether it's a blog, a business, a podcast, that book you've been wanting to write, perhaps you don't even know just yet. This 12-week program will help you discover or reignite your innermost passions and give you a blueprint for stepping into your next level self without jeopardizing your family. Learn how to create and design the life of your dreams in the pockets of time we have amidst the chaos of motherhood. I'm here to tell you, you are more than just a mom. Thank you so much for tuning in. I'm Sabrina Greer, your host, and you've been listening to You've Got This Mama, the podcast. You can follow us at YGT Mama and join the conversation on Facebook and Instagram to get more information on the stories we share here, our community, our books, or the blog. Head on over to www.ygtmama.com. You can also access the show notes there. 
If you haven't already, please head over to Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your daily listen and subscribe to The Tribe. Rate and review this podcast. That helps keep us alive and we deeply value every review. I would like to thank the production team and Megan Krumpetich, our producer, for making this happen. Thank you so much to all of you for giving us your ear. We hope you tune in next week. But in the meantime, please remember, you've got this, Mama. <laughs>